Church, it's good to see you. And uh, we want to just be reminded that in times of change, how difficult it can be for us to move forward. So many of us are still struggling in this season knowing what our next steps would be. It reminds me of a story of a husband who had gone to see the doctor. And as he was uh, there with his doctor, the doctor said, listen, but it it's not looking good for you. You are in really, really bad shape. Matter of fact, you got to make some changes, some major adjustments, or within a month from now, you won't even be alive. And he began to outline some of the changes that this gentleman should make. He just said, listen, you, you need to have your wife get on a better regimen, and you need to have her cook healthy meals, in which are served to you often. You need to encourage your wife to tell the children to kind of back off, to give you more time to rest and enjoy uh, yourself. You need to make sure that you don't have too many stressors or too much tension. You probably need to make sure that your wife is able to, to make sure that your kids are able to mow the yard and take care of the other things around the house so that you have ample time to rest. Listen, you need to stop working so much. You need to stop working like a dog and maybe encourage others to work that way. You probably need to help your wife understand that there's more changes that are coming that will help ease your stress and in some ways kind of help you become more relaxed. Maybe you all need to talk through some budgeting things, financial challenges, things like that, that uh, maybe you need to encourage her to step back on her shopping. The man looked at him and he said, Doc, I think that is all such sound advice. I, I love that. But here's the deal. If my wife's going to listen and she's going to take this seriously, I think you need to pick up the phone and you need to call her. I think she'll, she'll hear it better if it comes from you. And so the doctor said, okay, I hope to see you soon and I'll call your wife. Well, sure enough, the gentleman gets home and to his wife and his wife comes out and greets him in tears and says, oh, honey, I love you. And I talked to the doctor and uh, I want to take care of you because you're only going to live for about another 30 days. <laughs> so uh, the wife said, I can't change. And I'll tell you, I think we're living in a season where so many people are struggling with change. I don't know about you, but it's been difficult, right? As we talked about earlier, uh, we're even going to be talking about tonight with Amanda Patsky what it looks like uh, in this new season of change as we homeschool kids, as we try to finish the school year strong in ways that we have been challenged. And so just encourage you to be thinking about what change can do. Last week, we said that change uh, can do a handful of things. One, it can be the birthplace for opportunity. It can be a, a place where uh, we can begin to, to really see the Lord work and begin to help us. Uh, we know that obstacles do that. We also know that obstacles, if not a birthplace of opportunity, we know that they can be a breeding ground for division. That if we're not careful, we can nitpick one another, we can say divisive things towards one another, and we can use this as a season in which the church is not growing and God is not glorified. But here's the deal, how we handle this crisis, this season of change in our life from the way that we think through schooling, the way we think through um, handling those that are, are seniors this year and how they graduate, to the way we think about everything else happening in our culture all of the obstacles, all the challenges in our life bear witness to what we believe. And the question I would have you ask is this, is what do you believe? What do you believe about what God wants to teach you in this season? Here's what I would say, is that every obstacle, every challenge, every difficulty that we've experienced in life up to this point, 
God is using for his glory and our good. And here's what I would tell you, that if you're watching this morning and you were wondering why the challenges in your life are here, what God is doing in the midst of this, and you don't know him, here's what I would say. Every obstacle, every challenge, every meaningful experience that you have, regardless of how difficult it might be, is something that God is using you to bend you towards him. Like every obstacle that is in your life prior to you coming to know Jesus is there so that you would come to know him. But perhaps maybe you came to know Jesus many years ago and you may be wondering, well, what is God doing in the midst of all of the suffering and all the hardships and all the obstacles right now. And I would say this, every obstacle, every hardship, every difficulty that you've experienced after you came to know Christ is God using those things, those trials in your life to point others to God through you. And so I don't know which of these places that you're in, maybe God is trying to draw you to him today, that you would see the good news of the gospel, that you would be keenly aware of God's presence and you would turn to him. Perhaps that's what God is doing around the world right now in the midst of something that has become difficult for us to manage or to wrap our head around or even agree with in many ways. Maybe God is using this to bring people to him. Perhaps maybe he wants to bring people to him through you. And the question you might ask yourself is, how am I doing at handling change? Here's what I want you to understand. I want you to know that God is aware, that he is with us. Matter of fact, I love this quote by Octavius Winslow. It just simply says this, Do not imagine that your sorrow is isolated. Or that your tears are forbidden or unseen. You have a merciful and faithful high priest who touched you with your present calamity. Who is touched with your present calamity. The idea of this is that God is near. That he is faithful. That he understands what it is that's happening around the world. And even though he may not have directly caused it or influenced it, we do know that he can use all things to bring about his purposes. And here's what his purposes are, friends, that people who are far from him would draw near to him. And people who know him would be a demonstration of the love that we have received from him. And so friends, we have a role to play. And listen, our fight right now is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against our government. Our fight is not against um, whether or not we wear masks or don't wear masks. Our fight right now is what's happening in the unseen realm. It is, is a spiritual influence that we have to be aware of right now in this life. Why? Because God is at work and he desires to work in and and through you and me. Matter of fact, we are reminded, I think, of what our response can be in this season. And I think about Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 is a fantastic passage that just reminds us of the glory of God. And it reminds us of his sacrificial purposes and his intent. Matter of fact, what we know and understand is, is that through the law, uh, we are merely seeing God and his purposes as a shadow. Uh, we know that through the law, it falls short. Matter of fact, we don't have the law or its um, purposes anymore because if we did so, we 
would always have to have a sacrifice. We'd continually have to come to God in the ways that the high priest of old in the nation of Israel came to God. But see, God saw that there was a better way, and and he describes what that better way is through his son. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, we see that there's a better way. Uh, We see in Hebrews chapter 10, um, verse 12, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. Uh, In verse 14, it says that Christ, by a single offering, has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. We know that Jesus completed everything there was. And because of that, we have a great hope. And we also should have a great response in our hope, even in the midst of our adversity, even in the midst of our challenges, even in the midst of the struggles that we might be having, we can still have an assurance in our faith. Matter of fact, I want to pick up in Hebrews chapter 10, um, and I want to look at verses 19 through 25. I think there's three simple ways that we can be encouraged from this text and in our time together. And it simply says this, beginning in verse 19, Therefore, brothers... Now, the reason that it says, therefore, is simply to remind you that Jesus has fulfilled everything for the purpose of God, that Jesus laid his life down on the tree so that we would no longer be cursed by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that if we will turn to Jesus, that he is sufficient in everything, that he will forgive sin, he'll reconcile us uh, to the heavenly father, that he desires for us to know him and love him. Matter of fact, because of what Jesus has done, that therefore points us to the application. And the application just simply says, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. So think about this. We have confidence to enter into the 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 place of God through the blood of Jesus. Verse 20 says, by the new and living way that has been opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God. Uh, What the writer in Hebrews is saying as he writes this is that he goes, hey, we can have great confidence and assurance that God is near and that we can enter into his presence. Now, the reason that this is significant especially for the early church, is that they were uh, either Gentiles or, or Jews that were still trying to figure out what their faith looked like and how you would apply that. For the Jew, they had always grown up knowing that there were sacrifices and there were things that needed to transpire in their life uh, and through the high priest. Matter of fact, the high priest in the, in the old days could only go to God one day a year on the day of atonement. And if you can imagine that high priest coming to God on behalf of the people of Israel one day a year on the day of atonement, he would do so with great fear and trepidation. I mean, with fear and trembling, he would enter under the veil, this curtain that separated the high priest from the presence of God. And as he came in, he would know that everything would have to be exactly as it said it should be in the Levitical code. He knew that he had little chance for error and that he had to do everything just right, that the sacrifice had to be perfect and pure and everything had to be prepared just right, or God would smite him, that, that in many ways he would, be, um, he would be dead right there on the spot. And so if you could imagine 
this high priest coming on behalf of the people one day a year in a limited way, knowing that he was entering with fear and trembling. But that's not what the writer of Hebrews says about us who know Jesus. Matter of fact, what he's saying is, he goes, we ought to have confidence. Like we ought to be able to come into the presence of God anytime. We're not bound uh, by a, a Levitical code. We're not bound by a sacrifice that, um, that isn't perfect because we have the one who is perfect in every way, Jesus. We aren't cut off by a curtain, but we have no chasm between us as the people of God and the Holy One. Now, I don't know about you, but that's an amazing thing. It reminds me of Romans chapter 8, that nothing separates us from the love of God. Uh, in Romans 8, 37 and 39, it says, In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so friends, I want you to understand, like even in the midst of our challenges, even in the midst of a, a time in which you're debating, should I continue quarantine or uh, should I get out? Should I go back to work? What's the government going to allow? It doesn't matter where you're sitting in this moment. What really matters is that God is present and that we can come to him anytime, any place, anywhere. And so for that, we have great news, which this points us to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. And it just says, therefore, right? Uh, because of what Christ has done, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Listen, here's what that text is saying. Friends, we should cherish God. Like we should cherish him. Uh, we, we should desire him. And so as we think about what it looks like to cherish God, it just simply means that we should come close to him. Friends, I don't know what it is that you're doing with your day. I don't know what it is that you find yourself thinking about as we continue through uh, this season of our lives in which none of us ever saw coming. And number two, none of us have ever navigated anything like it before. And so the question is simply this. What are you doing in this season? Are you, are you finding yourself frustrated, confused, and, and upset all the time? Or do you find yourself using this time to cherish your relationship with the Lord? I mean, what are you feeding? Are you feeding your anger? Are you feeding your pride? Are you feeding your frustration? Or are you feeding yourself on the word of God? Are you feeding yourself in prayer and in meditation on God's law? And on the decrees that he set forth for us. Listen, friends, what a great time for us to draw near to God and to other people. What a great time for us to come before him and to cherish him, to love him, to think through how we would serve him by serving others. Friends, if there is something that should change right now in our lives, it's the fact that God is supremely aware of our circumstances, that he is drawing near to us and he desires for us to draw near to him with full assurance in our hearts, with confidence knowing that we don't have to be away from God, we should cherish him. Friends, what are you cherishing in this season? 
What is it that you find yourself thinking about, pondering on? Is it our Heavenly Father? And can I just confess to you that I oftentimes find myself not cherishing God in this season? I find myself struggling sometimes how to navigate and lead through all of this change. I find myself frustrated oftentimes with the body of Christ. And I find myself frustrated because I see ways that I think the body of Christ is cherishing other things that are that, that, that pale in comparison to a holy God. Like in the midst of this season, I see that the church should be keenly aware of God's presence in this time. I see that the church of God should be powerfully moving towards God and they should be pointing others to him. That's what this is about. Yet I find myself and I see others that I know and I love cherishing other things that pale in comparison to a holy God. And friends, I would just simply say this. We have to be aware that when we cherish things that are... um, incomparable to the glorious riches of Jesus, we are doing ourselves a disservice because we are honoring idols in our life that will never fill us. Verse 23 tells us that if we are going to cherish God, that we should hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. When we think about holding fast to our confession, uh, what, what I think about is, in a sense, grabbing or gripping something tightly. That in some ways, in a season of our life where we find ourselves slipping, that we find ourselves on the edge of a cliff, on a precipice, that we see ourselves looking over the other side and wondering what it should look like, we find ourselves in a great need of clinging to something. And this is what I would tell you is that you ought to cling to your faith. The reason that we draw near to God is so that we would hold fast to our faith. And the question is, is what makes us hold fast? What's interesting is that here the writer in Hebrews chapter 10 tells us the reason we hold fast has nothing to do with us. It doesn't have to do with uh, my ability to to be sturdy or strong uh, because I'm weak. Now, it doesn't have to do with me being intellectually smart because at this point, particular season of life, I feel really dumb. Um, If I'm honest, I don't know what to do. I feel like every move that pastors make in this season are scrutinized. I feel like if I'm honest that the the church is in a, in a season in which right now uh, people are so torn and so divided on so many different thoughts and opinions and actions that I see in some ways, if not careful, the church um, just being ripped in two by the enemy. And here's where I would say is this. The reason we hold fast is not because we understand everything that's happening now, because we certainly don't. We don't understand everything that relates to COVID-19. We don't understand um, everything that has to do with how you treat it or how you don't. And there's so many different opinions. Here's what I do know is that this is a great time, an ample opportunity for the body of Christ to cling to our faith, not because of you, but because our God is faithful. He is the one worthy of our praise, worthy of our adoration. And if there has ever been a season in the American church for us to hold fast, it is now. If there's ever been a time in Ephesians 6 for us to stand firm, to plant our feet against the enemy, the adversary, the one who is prowling around like a roaring lion, 1 Peter 5, 8, it's now. And so we ought to draw near to God and we ought to cling to our faith. Friends, how are you doing at clinging to your faith? And in verse 24, 
He shares that as we cling to our faith, as we draw near, as we come to God in confidence, um, we ought to consider something else. And so he says, and let us consider to stir up one another. The third, let us. The first, let us. And 22 says, let us draw near. So let us come close and cherish God. The second one, let us hold fast. Let us cling to our faith. And this last one says, and let us consider how to stir up one another towards love and good works. Your version of the Bible might say good deeds. Verse 25 says, and not neglecting to meet together as in is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, which brings the question of what, what do we do in this season? And that's what we do is we challenge one another. Uh, we, we need to commend one another. We need to chasten one another. We need to sharpen one another. And in many ways, we might need to encourage one another. We might need to support one another. But what we also need to understand is that we do all of this by provoking one another towards love and good deeds or to good works. Like the goal of this message today is to help you realize that this is a pivotal season, that if you're a believer in Christ, people are watching you. People were watching your response, and your response is either pointing people towards you or your responses are pointing to a gracious God who loves you. And, and oftentimes, I think for me, I've had to dial back a notch on the things that I see, the, the, the news that I'm watching, the Facebook time that I have, because I find myself discouraged in many ways by the responses of brothers and sisters in Christ across the world, also in the body of Christ locally. The reason I'm challenged is because I think in many ways we're missing it. We, we have important issues to talk about, but I think if we're not careful, we will miss the opportunity to point people to the gracious God that allows us to draw near to him and to challenge one another in our faith. And so you might ask yourself, well, how do I challenge one another because we're not meeting together? And here's what I would say is we've not stopped neglecting to meet together. We're not neglecting meeting together. Now we meet together in different ways, but we are still meeting together. And here's what I would just tell you, that if you don't have meaningful relations with the body of Christ, you need them. This is a great time in this season that just as you would draw near to God, you should draw near to others. Guys, schedule some time this afternoon to pick up the phone and have a conversation. Call people, encourage them. Listen, friends, have you thought about what it looks like to encourage others in the faith? What about leaders in the faith? I think if we're honest with ourselves, many of us as Americans are waiting for our church leaders, but what does it look like for the church, the body of Christ, to stop waiting on church leaders and for them to be challenged in their faith, to step up, to begin to look for ways to see this as an opportunity? And that's my encouragement to you that we would encourage one another all the more as we see the day of Christ approaching. Friends, Jesus' return is imminent. And we don't know if it's going to be today or tomorrow or next week. But what we do know, just as the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 10, we do know that our hearts should be expectant of his return. And friends, here's what I would tell you, that if you are expecting Jesus to return, like really, truly, in your heart, you believe that that he is going to come through. Just as his death, burial, and resurrection came to pass, you believe that his return is going to come to pass. The question is, is what would you be worried about? Are you worried about some of the things that you find yourself talking about or meditating on now? Or are you worried more about drawing near to God, clinging to your hope, and challenging one another? Friends, I pray that the Lord would refocus us 
I pray that the Lord would use this season, even as we think about social distancing, I pray that you would know that social distancing does not mean isolation. That doesn't mean that you sit in your own home and you stew and you get angry over everything that's happening, but that you would reach out, that you would reach up to a God who loves you. And then then you would begin to figure out how you influence other people for the cause of his glory. Friends, do me a favor. Would you please um, draw near to the Lord? Would you please cling to the hope that you have in Christ? And then, hey, would you pick up the phone? Would you call someone and challenge them their faith? Ask them to make a difference for the cause of Christ, for the glory of God, and for the good in our own lives. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Father, I pray, God, that you would challenge our hearts. Father, I pray that you would help us to have a boldness and a clarity in our lives that we've lacked. Father, I pray that we would realize that our boldness and our clarity is not over nominal issues, but our boldness is in about the ability to come before the God of heaven and earth, the very one that created the land and the sea we can come before. Lord, that there is not a chasm, there's not a veil or a curtain that separates us from from your presence. Lord, we, we don't have to have a dead sacrifice because we have a living one, one who sits at the right hand of the Father. And Lord, we can come and, and we can uh, just bask in your presence. We can seat ourselves before you. We can pray to you. We can know and, and rest that you are keenly aware of every obstacle, every challenge in our life, every adversity that we are, are facing and Lord, will ever face. And Lord, we also can know that that, that you're using those things to point others to yourself through us, that our responses in all of it really do matter. Father, would you forgive us for thinking that our responses don't matter, that people aren't watching, and that, that what, what the church does in this season doesn't matter. Lord, it matters more than ever. Father, I pray that we would hold fast to the confession of our faith. Father, that we would do that because you are faithful. You are faithful, you are true, you are worthy, you are supreme, you are holy, you are just, you are perfect, you are good, you are righteous, you are our refuge and our strength, you are our strong tower. Lord, you are the one worth running to. You allow us to cast our cares, our anxiousness, our anxiety, our fears upon you. Lord, when we're weak, when we're weary, when we're heavy laden, God, you are our Sabbath rest. You are all that we need. You are faithful. Father, would you help us to see and be keenly aware of your faithfulness? And then, Father, I pray most of all, I pray if nothing else comes out of this message, I pray that the church here locally and this, this body of Christ that we call Stone Point Church, I pray people would provoke one another, stir one another up towards love and good deeds. Father, I pray that many people would be aroused by this message. Father, I pray that you would use these words to strongly support the cause of the gospel in our lives. Father, for people um, who have been on Facebook too much, I pray today is the day they shut their account down for a while. Father, I pray, uh, Father, for those that are struggling in this season with the government, I pray that this is the day in which they seek to to be governed by you more than anything else. Father, I pray for those living in fear. Father, I pray that you would rid them 
of, of their anxiousness and their anxiety and worry and help them to trust in you, the one who has our eternity in the palm of your hand. Father, I pray for those of us that need to just simply come before you in repentance and acknowledge that we've not sought you, we've not drawn near to you, we've not challenged anyone. Lord, we've been selfish with this time. I pray, Father, you would forgive us. Father, we need you. Help us to draw near to you. Help us to cherish you, love you, and serve you. Father, help us to cling tightly to our faith and help us to challenge others. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.